Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast Week 8 Review, breakdown of the entire slate, where we went right, where we went wrong, and uh, this week, it was a lot of right, right? Yeah, yeah good week, good, good week. week, I think, for the entire podcast, full Sontoop, another winning week, mm-hmm. starting to consistency, you know? Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you yeah, know? And right. I, not, because if I was sprinting, it would be a lot of trouble, people would be in trouble. <laughs> Then again, if I was running long distance, it wouldn't be a good thing either. No. Um, Kyle, you uh, had the winning week. Why don't you start off? Yeah, so uh, five and two. Very good. Good week uh, after a couple couple rough ones. You know, I've been five and two with a shitty beat also. Yeah, yeah. Very close to six and one, although my one loss, very unfortunate. Sure, we'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so I had the Wisconsin-Illinois under. That should have hit. A little disappointed in that one. Then I had Louisville, which was lock agreement. Mm-hmm. I had Virginia Tech, which was a lock fight. Mm-hmm. I had UNC. And then what else did I? Alabama. I had Alabama, yes. Hoosiers. The Hoosiers. Yeah, is, that, is that it? And Michigan-Minnesota Michigan, over. Michigan-Minnesota over. Yeah, that locked up in the first half. That and was I, real nice. I, and I want to give Colin credit. The first thing he said when we went to record this last week was, I got this great plan in Michigan-Minnesota. He wanted to break it down in, in depth. And uh, that's got to feel good, you know, when you handicap something right and it practically hits in the first half, you know. Well, I feel like I handicapped Wisconsin-Illinois right, too. And Graham Mertz fucking went off. And yeah. there was – what was there? A scoop and score. There was – there was a scoop and score for Illinois. Yeah. yeah. A wacky one. I don't yeah. know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, I did. I watched it. I, I watched it. That was that was right after Kyle jinxed me. You uh. hate to see it. <laughs> um, I had Louisville minus four and a half. Uh, consensus play. Consensus plays went 2-0 this week. I had Wake plus eight and a half. Um, actually, I had him plus ten and a half on Saturday morning. Uh, I think it's time to stop disregarding Wake Forest. They're pretty good. They're a pretty good football team. I had Miami minus 12 and a half versus Virginia, and um, God, I, I hate Miami. You know, I, they, they, they... The first time you get on them after... Know, after Fading them every fucking week, and now they actually don't cover. <laughs> it's like... that. I think that just means they're on the do-not-bet list. Like, don't don't bet against, don't bet for, like, just don't touch. Uh, had the Hoosiers plus six. That was an exceptional football game. We'll get into it. I had TCU plus seven versus Oklahoma. Um, I didn't really get a chance to see much of that game, but um, Oklahoma covered pretty easily, so bad call. Principal Kansas fade, K-State with ease. <laughs> um, I'm, I, if, if they continue to to get less than less, four touchdowns, less than four touchdowns, maybe maybe three, depending on the quality of their opponent. But if they can, if, if Kansas continues to get less than four touchdowns against real college football teams, they will be faded. Like, it's no questions about it. And I had uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers row the boat. Um, they rode, they rode the boat into a freaking cliff on <laughs> on Saturday night. That was, that was brutal. Michigan may be the real deal. I don't know. We'll get into it. This, this feels very typical Harbaugh, but we'll get into it. All right. Let's, uh, let's start in the ACC. We got... Clemson? Syrac- Syracuse Clemson up first. Clemson, 46-point favorites, the number one team in the country, and uh, Syracuse hung in there. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a game I feel like we might have wanted to be on Syracuse here, just like a principle. You don't get 46-and-a-half points in conference play. This is what Clemson gets against Citadel, not against Syracuse. And Syracuse, for some reason, fucking plays Clemson tight all the time. I think 
this is kind of this was kind of a game where Syracuse is just like, all right, we just lost to Liberty. Our starting quarterback's out. Our best player, safety, is gone for the season. Let's just try and not embarrass ourselves after seeing Clemson just absolutely embarrassed Georgia Tech last week, and uh, they did it. They there were did. some fluky plays. There were there were definitely right? some fluky plays. There was a blocked punt, a pick six. Yeah, you know Trevor Lawrence isn't going to get picked much less. They look Clemson just didn't look sharp the entire game. The entire game they were just kind of fumbling around. Every time they started to look good, there was something like a snap over Trevor Lawrence's head mm-hmm. that just kept Syracuse in it. I wouldn't read too much into this being Clemson not good. I would just kind of think of it as Clemson was just they they just they just destroyed Georgia Tech and you have a group of eighteen and twenty to twenty two year olds. Yep. And you're playing a team that just lost to Liberty. You're not you're you're not gonna be as sharp the next week. Yeah. Syracuse had a chance in this game too. That's the craziest part is like they were they, they, they had the ball down twenty seven twenty one. Twice then, twice they had yeah, the ball. Yeah and then and then Rex Culpepper steps back yeah. Jumps into a sack, loses the ball, and a scoop and score, and that was over after that. That is a moral victory for Syracuse. And speaking as a fan of, I mean, now a, a team that's tied for first place in the Big Ten East, but speaking as a fan of a team of a, of a moral victory. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, when you are a bottom dweller in the conference and you're playing the elite of the elite, if you have, if you have, um. If you can make this a close game at halftime, you're still in the mix in the third quarter. That is a huge moral victory, and I'm sure Dino Babers is going to have his guys pumped. Um, I don't know if it's going to translate to anything because Syracuse is god-awful and Clemson really just did not play a good good football game. I mean, this is probably one of the worst games that Dabo Swinney's team has played in a long time. Yeah. I actually think it was that. Maybe since, like, the last time they played Syracuse. I think, yeah, I think they knew, though, that they didn't have to play a great game yeah. to win this game. They knew Syracuse was that bad that they could do this. And then also, I was – I saw somewhere they were talking about, like, why Clemson just fucking beat up on Georgia Tech so badly the week before, and there was a little bit to do with, but apparently last year, Georgia Tech, you know how they do this thing where, like, Jeff Collins brings weights, and they, like, work out on the field before games? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I guess last year they were, like, doing that thing. They were, like, benching and curling on the sidelines, like, at Clemson, Mm -hmm. and the Clemson players took exception to it. Didn't really like it. They scuffed up their turf a little bit, and uh, I think Dabo might have had it a little out for them, and he obviously does not have it out for Dino like that. Yeah. Um, any other takeaways? I mean, do you – like, I think it's just Clemson. I see, yeah. Clemson sleepwalking and Syracuse maybe fighting over – punching over their weight for a little while. That's that's all That's all I would take away from this game. Um, Notre Dame, 45, Pittsburgh 3. The Irish cover is 10-point favorites, and really without question, Colin – I'll defer to you because I'm sure you watched this game pretty much start to finish. Um, takeaways. Yeah, I did. This was this was wonderful. This was a great game. Um, so, Notre Dame's defense was unreal the entire game. It struggled to get takeaways all year, and there were three picks this game. Joey Yellen, I mean, like Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. 162 total yards. They can't run the ball. Their O-line is not good, and – like, Notre Dame's defense has one of the big problems, I guess, throughout the entire year was the lack of pressure or the lack of sacks and lack of hits on the quarterback because mm-hmm. the defense has played pretty exceptional in every other facet of the game. But there's been a – quarterback has not been getting hit. They haven't been getting pressure with four-man rushes. And 
They were able to get to the quarterback a lot today. I don't know if it was Myron Tua Tungavalosa Amoa, uh, Tua family uh, cousin or whatever. He's, he's somewhere in the, there. He's a senior. He's a defensive tackle, though, so not an edge rusher. He's been out for a little bit, and this was his first game fully back. He looked good. So that could have had something to do with it, but I also have, think Pitt's suspect offensive line had a lot to do with it as well. Ian Book. Looked pretty good. I mean, 16 for 30, 312 yards, three touchdowns through the air. He was the best Ian Books look. Yes, I mean, and I think Ben Skoranek, who out of Northwestern, I I was one of the few people that was very high on him coming into the year. He hasn't really shown anything. He had a hamstring injury early, and he really played phenomenally. There was one – the first drive of the game – they throw across the middle a high dump ball. He jumps, grabs it behind him, pulls it down, and runs into the end zone. He has another one where he mossed a Pittsburgh receiver on a deep ball and then took that 20 more yards into the end zone. He played really well. Michael Mayer, the freshman tight end, continues to impress. That guy is a stud. I, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame has very good tight ends all the time. This is the best tight end I've seen at Notre he, Dame. He will be a first-round draft In a long, long time. Like, Cole Komet was a second-round pick. I mean, I said Kyle Rudolph. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. I've seen so many good tight ends, but Michael Mayer is a fucking different level. This guy is a freshman. You should have seen – did you see the play he did against Louisville last week? No. He stiff-armed the first guy, shoved him to the ground, and then hurled the second guy as a fucking freshman tight end. This guy is on a reel – um, the running game got it done. I mean, there was 115 total yards against the best rushing defense in the country. It's pretty good. A lot of those yards came late, but they got they were when they needed a third and short, they were able to get it throughout the game, which I think was impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to watch Kyle, but I think my the one thing I'm going to take away from this is Pittsburgh did a good job of making Notre Dame beat them through the air. And Ian Book answered by beating them through the air. That's that's I mean that's just me looking at the stats. Didn't even get a chance to watch, but I mean, if, I mean Notre Dame ran for two yards per carry. Like I mean that's not. I, I, yeah, they may, they may have been successful and and they were able to keep Pittsburgh off balance, but Ian Book threw for three hundred yards. Awesome. And if Ian Book's gonna throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns and not turn the football over, like it's gonna be really hard to beat Notre do Dame. Do you see Do you see the time of possession down there at the bottom too? Notre Dame is a full on triple option team these days. Forty. <laughs> That's awesome. 40 minutes and 59 seconds to 19 minutes and one second for Pittsburgh. I'm not sure they are going to be able to do this against Clemson, of course. Um, The thing is, I don't know. I mean, so Notre Dame, obviously a top five team in the country. Clemson next week or two weeks? Two weeks. We got Georgia Tech next week. Okay. Pittsburgh, a team that we were super high on coming into the season. Narduzzi, we, Narduzzi is is getting a lot of heat. Do you blame him? Joey yelling three interceptions. Is that the, the offense is terrible? I I told it you is. before the year. I thought Mark Whipple was like pretty good. I no longer think that because this offense was absolutely garbage. I don't know. Joey Joey Yellen didn't look great, but like their their play calling was like they're they're trying to throw wide receiver screens all the time. They can't run the ball. This offense is just a complete. Do you think that's a product of Joey Yellen? in the game as opposed to – I don't think they're doing Kenny very Pickett. much with Kenny Pickett. Maybe they score a touchdown instead of three. Okay. 
I there's 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 so much wrong with this offense. I don't think just having a very good quarterback would fix that. Right. But yeah, yeah, they, they, this this game was a disaster for Pitt, and Narduzzi is starting to feel the heat because this is this is this is a similar to um, Adazio two years ago at Boston College mm-hmm. when they were supposed to have the breakout year. That was the year they got the um, game, college game day, went up to mm-hmm. Chestnut Hill mm-hmm. for Clemson. And they were looking really good, and then they lose to Clemson, and then he continue. He, he ends up seven and six again, and that was when Boston College cut the plug, and he got fired the next year because they don't want just seven and six. Yep. In your best years, you have to break out. And Pittsburgh, this should be one of their best years. This defense is unreal, and they didn't break out, especially in the ACC, which admittedly is Clemson, and then kind of a mishmash. You know, it's not like. Like Clemson in a, in most years, right? I mean, not uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I mean I I was looking at the sag. I saw somebody post like the Sagan ratings yeah. per conference. It's pretty interesting. Like two years ago, I think the ACC was tied with the American, hmm. and like this year, I think it's I guess the Big Twelve and Pac twelve or the the Pac twelve and Big Ten hadn't played yet, but it was like SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, yeah. then like American. Yeah, and I mean the, big the Pac-12. Talks. The Pac-12, I believe, is also behind the ACC now. So I, I guess the AC, I would I would say the ACC is the third best Power Five conference right now. I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue with that. Um, Miami beats Virginia nineteen to fourteen in a torrential downpour. Um, I, I, candidly, I don't know what the fuck Miami did in this game. They should have covered. I mean. <laughs> They, they won by five. The spread was 12 and a half. Um, I, I mean, I, I obviously was, was ended up on the wrong side, but Miami could not run the football. Um, like, they couldn't run the football, but they were having a ton of success for the air, and they just aban- kept abandoning the pass. It made no sense to me. Um, it was very frustrating. Well, so this is – Very frustrating. This is, this is interesting, I guess. If they couldn't run the football against UVA mm-hmm. and – they kind of hoped was that they would be able to run the football against Clemson. How much does that maybe put that – like, does, do these last games maybe put the Clemson demolishment of Miami in perspective, or do you still think this is like Miami still hungover? No, I think my, I don't think Miami's very good. I think they're like a fringe top 20, top 25 team. Like, I, I, I look at Miami, and I, I think North Carolina is clearly better than Miami. I think um, – that's probably all I would say is clearly better Notre than Dame. the ACC. Obviously, Notre Dame. Yes, Clemson, Notre Dame. Obvious. Like they're they're obvious. Um, like I, I'm not in love with Virginia Tech, but I think Virginia Tech's best is just as good as Miami's best. Yeah, um, yeah. Because this 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 uh, this maybe leads a it's little pathetic. a little a little credence to Notre Dame having a little more hope in the in the Clemson game. Just that. Clemson demolished. Like I'm not gonna say, mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna say like, if Clemson demolished a Miami team that was now blowing out Pitt and blowing out UVA, that's fair. You look at it a little different than you look at a Miami team that struggles against Pitt and struggles against UVA in back-to-back games. I think there's a real. I think Miami's got to really figure out the run game. I mean, you bring in Derek King to be this mobile quarterback. You expect him. Twenty-one for thirty through there. He, he threw the ball well. They were. He, he was. Really good throwing the ball. There were receivers open all day, but 
he ran the ball 14 times for 28 yards. Like that's not a De'Ara King stat line. Like he, if he's going to, De'Ara King is going to have 14 attempts. He's going to have to get over 65 yards. Like that's just his game. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, they got to be more creative to get him in space. They've got to be more creative with the other running backs. It was just really frustrating to watch them like that. And, and candidly, the more frustrating thing was this defensive line, which is supposed to be their strength on defense, superb athletes. Brendan Armstrong is not this exceptional athlete. He is. He's pretty good. He's fine. You he's are, not a good thrower, but I think he's, he's a decent fine. He's, he's big. He's big, but he's fine. Like he's right, not right. this. He's not this elusive, like, like, quick. Like he's just not. And watching him lumber around and and running through arm tackles, it was just, it was pathetic. And I mean, I'm I'm probably giving a slightly tainted look because I, you know, sick. I'm a little sick because I think I, I really liked the Miami play, and I, I obviously was wrong, but I just did not feel like Miami played a good football game, and. There was a there was a point Miami actually gave the ball back to Virginia when Miami was at nineteen fourteen and I was rooting for Virginia to go fucking score to make Miami lose because <laughs> that's I was so frustrated with how poorly Miami played um, I don't think they deserve they deserve to win the game they definitely didn't deserve to cover and they didn't cover is there is there any silver linings for Miami here maybe this was just a one off game no I th- no. I think they've been trending poorly like, ever since yeah like I think. Look, they beat Florida State. They destroyed, Everybody was high on them after they destroyed Florida State, right? But that was a different Florida State team. Yeah. And Florida State's still not, not that good, yeah. Yeah, they had, this, they had this amazing – they played well against Notre Dame in a game that I don't think Notre Dame was really all that focused on. That was all coming after the COVID. So that there was – Yep. And I've, Florida State brought in, their, brought in a brand-new starting quarterback. Like, they were – Hyped up, yeah. Yes. Um, you play well, you lose by 16. And, uh, yes. So then they – so. Then they're all hyped up. They're coming home. They're playing North Carolina, who Mac Brown just can't beat. Um, Mac Brown can't beat Florida State, and Florida State wins that game. And everybody's like, "Oh, Seminoles are back." Well, Florida State goes out and gets destroyed by Louisville. We'll get to that in a second. So I don't think Miami's blow to Florida State's really all that important. Yeah, they beat Louisville by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh. We saw how bad Pittsburgh was, right? This yeah, week. yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I think it's time to pump the brakes on Miami. Right now, they're ranked eleventh. They may sneak into the top ten, and I don't think they're a top ten team. So I think. I mean, I guess we'll see. Michigan's going to be in the top ten. I guess. I'm going to go back to fading these these motherfuckers. Yeah, look at this. Satu, the one week he decides to bet on Miami, he gets burned, and he's off the train like that. Yeah. Who's Miami playing this week? I'm looking. Um, right, so NC State at NC State on Friday night. Oh, NC State's game. a great team to fade, and that is what we got That's next not... on the docket. Yeah, North Carolina, NC State. This right. was the stat that I was trying to give to you guys last time that Bear had tweeted out is teams that are ranked 11 through 25 that are facing another team ranked 11 through 25 are 4-0 when the spread is 14 or more. Make it 5-0 because North Carolina easily covered this game. This team looked much better last week. They ran all over NC State. NC State could not stop the run all game. Sam Howell looked decent. A lot of of Sam Howell's incompletions are not on him. North Carolina continues to have issues with drops. He he would hit the receiver in the hand, and they would just drop it. um, But again, this comes back. To Leary, I've been hyping up all year. 
out, and Hockman looked like a bum. Really? Yeah, they benched him multiple times and then brought him back because the backup wasn't doing anything. Uh, yeah, this this was just like – NC State is not good without Leary, and North Carolina was focused, ready to go, rivalry game at home after just an embarrassing loss at, to Florida State last week. Uh, very good bounce back for them. UNC – I guess the third best team in the ACC right Without now. question. Yeah. Their run game. Their run game is really good. Their running back is good vision. He's hard to bring down. Yeah. Right? They had two guys run for over 100 yards. Javante Williams and Michael Carter. A little thunder and lightning. Exceptional. Um, Mac Brown has got to be kicking himself for losing to Florida State. Now. Oh, that's, that's, that's just a killer. But I, I think he was talking about it before, that they were not the number five team in the country. And I think – that loss kind of helps them focus up now because when you're a North Carolina team that went, what did they go, 7-6 and six last year? Mm, something like that. And yeah. after you haven't been good in a while, you like you get to top five, you start feeling yourself a little bit. And when you're feeling yourself a little bit against teams that – Florida State's more talented than North Carolina, even if they're bad. Mm-hmm. You've got to be focused up for that game. And obviously they were not. Got down in a big hole as Florida State was hyped up and – any other time? Anything from NC State? Um, do you see them like? Or is this a bad NC State team? Like, do you think I think this is or? a bad NC State team without Leary. You really think Devin Leary makes that much for him? Yes, yes. Well, you have been consistent with that. We'll see if he's back. I so wouldn't commit four to eight weeks. So I would. Consistent. I would fade NC State until Leary's back. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're just, I mean, it depends who they go against, but who do they have next week? NC State. Uh, Was this they, Miami? They play Miami in two weeks. Miami's a bye next week. Um, NC State has Miami in two weeks, too. They both have a bye. Okay. Yeah, that, that, I don't. Evan not, Leary's not going to be back. He's out for a Yeah, but, like, I, I mean, you're really going to trust Miami? Although, this could be a get-right game for Miami's. Um, depends what the line is, I guess. Offense, because that, that, this Wake Forest defense is not great. Um, do you think North Carolina, Wake Forest, NC State defense? Do you think North Carolina is going to be on a on a mission going forward? Like, do you think they're a team to just back? Mm. They're good, but I like they're they're not a team that like they could get on a like a run, but they're not a complete team. And I think there's like there's some issues with that team still. They play their their defense is not great. They're Running game is really good. Their off their offense is really good. I, there's there's questions on the defense. I think Wake Forest on the 14th might give them a game. They play at Virginia next week too, which is interesting. Saturday night. We'll see how Virginia's defense does in that game. I mean, they've looked decent in a couple games so far. Wake Forest 23, Virginia Tech 16. Kyle, you had Virginia Tech. Yeah, lot Good job. Congratulations. Thanks. Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, I. Couldn't watch this game. I yeah. couldn't find it anywhere. I tried to stream it. Couldn't stream it. Um, basically, the only takeaway I, I have is that Wake Forest really ran, ran the ball well on Virginia Tech and took advantage of Virginia Tech turnovers. Yeah, a little, little box score fraud here. 28 first downs for Virginia Tech for 17 yeah. for Wake Forest. 433 yards for Virginia Tech versus 316 for Wake Forest. Uh, 210 rushing. First 206 rushing and 223 passing, first 110 
passing. So Virginia Tech looked better on offense, but three turnovers. Hendon Hooker, 17 for 33, one touchdown and three picks. That's the decider in the game. You're going to throw picks against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a good enough team to make you pay. That is evidence this week. Uh, yeah, but there, yeah, there were a couple, and there were a couple really bad ones. I didn't, I couldn't. This was during the Notre Dame game, so I was not watching. But. Um, I was, I was following it. Like, and the picks, the picks weren't like picks in the middle of the field. It was in the red zone at the end of like a really big drive. Jesus. Like instead of getting like throwing points away, picks. Like, uh, there was one at the end of the half. Um, where Virginia Tech had a great drive, ended in a pick. One in to start the second half, ended in a pick. Well, and that's the that's the thing with Wake Forest is Wake Forest is a really well coached team. They are man. They are very well. Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson is really good. If you give Dave Clawson points, as a home yeah. dog, man. Dave Clawson is a really good coach. I've always liked Dave Clawson after he gave us uh, Clark Lee and Mike Elko. I've always gotten him that. Uh, just the fact that. They came from his coaching staff, and how good they were for us just made me appreciate Dave Clawson that much more. And yeah, so if you if you if your team has weaknesses like Virginia Tech obviously does with Hendon Hooker, he made him throw, and he wasn't successful throwing. What? I wonder what the line is going to be next week when we play Syracuse. It's going to be an interesting. It's yeah, be interesting to see where the market puts that. Um, Miami plays at Wake later in the season, and I'm licking my chops for a Wake money line bet on that because I don't think Miami's any good. All right, moving on. Yeah, Florida State, Louisville, forty-eight sixteen. Well, Rock, good Grayman. pick. Yeah, that was that was good pick. You should take good pick to me too. Yeah, good pick, Santi. Good job. <laughs> there you go. I'm very happy. This was this was great. This was just this was a. I glanced at the score of this game at halftime of the Rutgers game, and I was like, oh. Oh, I was I was watching this game as UNC was blowing out NC State. I was going after after the tough loss from Illinois under. I was just watching neither of my picks sweat at all, and I was just like, "This is this is this. We're on we're on pace for a good day right now." This is this was like, and this is something I'm going to get to, and this is going to be a theme throughout the, the the breakdown recap pod. There are certain buy low sell high spots where you are where you are buying low on one team and selling high on the other team at the same time. Great. This and was, this was it. Yeah, and and even though so like it was perfect too because Louisville plays played Notre Dame pretty tight the last week. Yeah. But they still lost. They're still they were still one and four coming into this game. And nobody people don't take like when they play better against Notre Dame. People don't take that into account as much. Like maybe we see it, but most people still see they lost and they chalk it up to Notre Dame's overrated. They just struggled with the one and fourteen. They don't chalk it up to maybe Louisville is finally figuring some out things out on defense. And I knew the uh, the reason why I wanted to take the over here was because I knew the offensive performance last week was not attributed to a lack of Louisville. I mean, you're going against. Clark Lee, one of the best, I think, the best defense coordinator in the country. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna be gone this year. Vanderbilt job is probably gonna open up, and that's the only matter. He's gone, and hmm. yeah, playing in a windy game in South Bend where neither team could throw the ball, and you're going up against a very fast defense, and they got bottled up, and No Name played time of possession, didn't let them score. This week they play against a Florida State defense that is not very good. There, there's still a lot of problems with this Florida State team, and yeah, they ran 
They ran, they threw everything. This offense just looked in sync. They looked like the 12th ranked offense in SP this week. And yeah, the defense is starting starting to play well now. They their cornerbacks are pretty good. I mean, you you you're also seeing a little bit of the Jordan Tra- Travis problems now. I get everybody hypes them up after playing really well. You know, they do decent in their name, then they beat UNC. Everybody sees the hype. But now you face a better team that's more prepared. There's a little more film on him. And you see that Jordan Travis really struggles to throw the ball downfield and forcing him to just run. He went 14 for 32 through the air, a TD and a pick, 49 QBR. Like there, There's definitely some issues with Jordan Travis. I don't know if he is exactly the quarterback of the future, if they can figure those out. But he definitely raises the ceiling level of Florida State a little bit for at least now. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I agree with all that. Um, and I think Louisville was – I think they were one of the most um, – I think they're one of the most underrated teams in college football right now because they're a team that I think had top 25, fringe top 25 potential at the season. The season began, they got off to a tough start, losing to Miami and Pittsburgh, and then a wonky loss to Georgia Tech, and they played Notre Dame tight, and now their schedule kind of lightens up. Um, They led the country and lost fumbles coming into this game, which kind of already highlights a little fluke, flukiness. and look, they they're nothing has changed. Like they're still healthy, right? They've got when when their offense is clicking, it's electric, and they've got speed on defense. And if you're if you are not going to out physical them, you better like that's the, I think that's the only way you beat Louisville because I think they're super athletic. I think you need to be more physical than them at the line of scrimmage. And Florida State just wasn't. I don't envision Virginia Tech really doing that next week either. I really like this Louisville team, and this the Cardinals. Are, like I am going to be all aboard the Louisville train. I think the rest of the season. I mean, I don't. I don't see myself popping off. I think this is a team that could win out. Then they will win out. This team is very good. Malik Cunningham, really good. Tutu Atwell, man, they've Great. got some yep. insane speed yes, and talent do. on this mm-hmm. team. They they're just they do. It, unless you have a really good defense, this team is really hard to stop. Their weaknesses is obviously the O line and their D line. But besides that, this team is very good. Yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah. Final game of the ACC slate, right? Yeah. BC versus Georgia Tech. Yep. BC minus three and a half. They covered with ease. We identified this as like a real sus line. Like yeah. Why was it? I don't know. Yeah. And um, I guess I don't understand why it was a sus line in hindsight either because Boston College destroyed them. Um, is BC like the real deal? I know they had a lot of returning talent um, coming back for Jeff Halfley. Like there's some there's some head coaches that come in, and it's a complete rebuild because they've got a yeah completely totally roster. Co- he took over he, a se- yeah, seven and six team. Yes, and this was not, and a lot of guys returning from that team, especially in key spots. So I don't know. Are we? Should we be done underestimating BC? Um, so I think I'm trying to look at the box score right now, see see anything. So the one thing I see is BC has more first downs, 23 to 19, but mm-hmm. both pretty inefficient. Georgia Tech, 2 for 12, and BC, 3 for 9. Total yards is 362 to 409, so that's closer than the score would indicate. And then there's also three turnovers for Georgia Tech versus zero. For Boston College, and two of those turnovers were fumbles lost. And so that's a little a little fluky there. This might have been Georgia Tech maybe wins this game, but maybe I think 
you can sort of see why the slide was closer with looking in the box score a little bit more. But the thing is, I think Georgia Tech, I think it's or Boston College, I think it's time to say Jeff Halfley has a decided schematic advantage in most of his games. Why do you say that? Just when you look at how BC has played games, right? <laughs> so let's look at their 2020 schedule this year. Mm-hmm. When they play, when they play games, <clears throat> and the other team makes mistakes, they make them pay for their mistakes. Duke made mistakes; they beat them twenty-six-six in a game, fluky box score. Texas State is up, and then they let them come back in that game. At the end of the game, that's good closing. They almost beat UNC. They beat right. Pitt. Then there's the Virginia Tech game, which we talked about, a little box score fraud. And then I think this game, a blowout, but also a little bit of box score fraud. And there's just – when this be, when if you make mistakes against this BC team, they will make you pay. They will have a good game plan going in. And, uh, yeah, I guess they've got Clemson up next. So look at spot for Clemson as well, but they just had a bad game. So I think they'll probably come in fired up. Should be interesting, though. At BC? Next? No. At Clemson. Clemson. Phil Jerkovic. Two touchdowns, no picks, ran for 94 yards. 13 for 21. I don't know. If you force him to if you force him to throw, I still don't think he can beat you throwing. But Zay Flowers is really good. And Jerkovic is a big he's big. It's hard to bring down. There's definitely still some issues with this Georgia Tech team, but I think the coaching staff, or this Boston College team, this coaching staff is doing a good job covering them up. Um, do you have any takeaways? I, mean, I think I think Georgia Tech might. My, my Tech is a weird team, man. I, I just think they're a young team, and it's hard to really know what you're going to get from them yeah. on a week-to-week basis. I threw this in my my parlay. Yep. Because I just thought the line was sus. I threw all the like games that I didn't end up betting, but I kind of wanted a piece in. Yep. Went two and two in the parlay, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I had it. It didn't really matter. I didn't think I was going to hit it, but I threw a Tech, Wyoming, Missouri, South Carolina parlay. Tech, Virginia Tech. No, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Oh, sorry, sorry, Georgia Tech, Wyoming. Oh boy, Wyoming. Or not Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Nevada won an OT. Yeah, I know. Uh, moving on to the American. Okay. Um, you want to skip Tulsa, South Florida? Yeah, I got nothing. All right, Cincinnati SMU, and what was the game of the week? Did Cincinnati play themselves into legitimate college football playoff under the legitimate radar of the college football playoff committee in this one? No, because they're still screwed because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are back, and that kind of eliminates all chances for the American. I think I think a lot of people say that the – Committee is unfair to G5 teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the committee is unfair to G5 teams. I think they, given, given the information and what their job is to do, the committee is pretty fair in where they rank G5 teams. I think what is unfair is the system. I, I don't think you blame the committee for putting Cincinnati at, say, eight after what they've done because other teams have played better teams and they perform better. I think – what you blame is the system that you don't have. A, I, I think the playoffs should go to eight because yep. once it goes to eight, then all these teams have a shot and have a fair shot. Because to say Cincinnati, just because they went undefeated, they didn't really beat anybody too great. That is like you're 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 
you're rewarding a weak schedule, and I get it's not their fault, which is why I think this should go to eight. Okay. But it's when you you can't put them over a team that say went undefeated. Like you can't convince me that Georgia, who wins, or say say Georgia wins out and beats Alabama in the championship game. You yeah. can't convince me that Cincinnati should be in over a one loss Alabama team in the top four, or they should be in. If they go undefeated and say USC goes undefeated, you can't convince me they should be in over USC. All right, that's fair. It's, that's it's just like there's, there's there's not there's not a situation that will get them into the playoffs. I think they are legitimately in the front runner seat though for the uh, G five bowl bid. I think um, I'm with you. I think there should be an 18 playoff. I mean, obviously that's a conversation for another day. I actually think there should be a 16 team playoff, but that's my own yeah I don't agree my with own that. take. Um, Cincinnati, they play Memphis, Houston, and UCF still. And if they win those games, man, they they're gonna have they're gonna have a case. I mean, it's not gonna be a great case, but like they're gonna need a lot of other things to go their direction. They need a ton of things to go their direction. Um, all right, but this defense under Luke Fickle is the real fucking deal. Very I mean, good. Holy shit! Um, held SMU to two hundred ninety yards. They Good. Yeah, so I was gonna say Shane Lucelle, twenty three to forty four with the pick. Yep. I mean, only two hundred sixteen yards on forty four attempts. Like that's less than four yards per attempt. I mean, it's about four yards per attempt, I should say. Not very good. Um, about four and a half yards per attempt. Um, Desmond Ritter catching a lot of heat. He played a really strong game. He threw the ball for one hundred twenty six yards and a touchdown, mistake free, and then ran the ball like a crazy person. Yeah. One hundred seventy nine yards and three touchdowns. And look. Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati is the class of the American for the, for and here's the for really one reason, this is the best defense in the conference and it's not even close. Oh yeah, the other the other top, upper echelon teams in the in the American SMU, Memphis, UCF, you could even throw Houston in there. They all have electric offenses. They can all score with anybody, but you know what they can't do? They can't stop any anybody. Cincinnati proves that. They can score 42 points, and they can defend. I mean, they and SMU has, under Sonny Dykes, has had yeah. one of the best offenses in college football, honestly, the last two years, with Shane Buchel running things, and they just couldn't get anything going. And it's a huge credit to Luke Fickle. He is great. Head he coach. is a fantastic very, head coach. Very lucky that they got another year with him. And I don't know where he's going to go because he's going to go somewhere big. Um, I know Michigan State wanted him badly. Yeah, and, and he said no. He's, and I'm he's glad waiting. he said no because I'll tell you right now, if Luke Fickle is the head coach of Michigan State, I don't think Rutgers beats Michigan State yesterday. Um, so I am thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed with the Bearcats. Yeah, uh, I look at their remaining schedule, and I see yeah, Memphis, Houston, UCF. Honestly, I think Houston, is Houston on the road. I think UCF's on the road. Yeah. Houston's, Houston's at, home. at home. Memphis is at home. UCF is on the road. That's that's going to be the tough one. Yeah. All these are pretty tough. The American is just a fun conference. I yeah. love watching the American, and it would be even better if we could get them a playoff spot, but I don't think you should give them a playoff spot just for the sake of giving them a playoff spot. And I this year be- this year it's unfortunate because they don't get to have I the non-conference. Be, I think there should be like a non-Power 5 champion spot in an 18 thing like where BYU or Cincinnati like I've, I've said my my entire time I, this is what I think is I say 18 playoff mm-hmm. seven teams are just the best seven teams no conference nothing and then one team is the best G5 team 
reserved for them, but they have to be 16 or lower in the rankings. That's fine. Um, we can get into all this. We can get into all the. Yeah, I know. I know you just want you want the the dream of Rutgers going eight and five and sneaking <laughs> into the Big Ten championship and winning. And I believe in a couple, going to the believe, playoff, which is, which is which is stupid. I, so I, I don't think believe you. in that. That's because your your team's an independent. That's the, that's why. Yeah, yeah, and your team is that's not, why. But I believe there's value in winning a conference no, championship. So you say that because your team is not in the conference. I'm in the conference right now, but you're not usually. So this yeah, it is, doesn't matter. I know. I, I can see through this stupid ass. No, I can see through your stupid ass. No, argument. It's the same. No, you're the same. You're the same. fucking stupid, man. Yours is the same. No, it's not on the other side. No, you have a stupid <laughs> argument. Man. Just because you because you don't want your game to have to be fighting for like one of two spots because they're not in the conference. That's why you don't. If Notre Dame has one loss and Wisconsin has five losses, Wisconsin should make the playoff because they beat Ohio State. There's value in winning no, no conference. No, no, there's not. Memphis, the B values all out of conference games. It's stupid, and I won't have it. Memphis forty-one, Temple twenty-nine. Uh, Temple barely covered. Um, Anthony Russo threw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. I didn't get a chance to follow this game at all, but it just felt like a classic, like American Athletic Conference. Um, let's try to score as many points as possible. And hope that that's enough. Uh, yeah, I was following this game because as we went into it before, I thought this might give opportunity to play Navy or play Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Temple's still like decent. Temple Temple is what Temple always is. Yep. And honestly, this game, they were up for most of the game. They had more first downs, and they outgained them. Anthony Russo was 41-63 through 63 through the air. Pretty they were really throwing it. Mm-hmm. But they ended up with four turnovers, one fumble loss, and three picks. So, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you go through the air so much. But, yeah, this Temple team is not bad, and they're going to upset somebody. And that's just how Temple does. That is that is what Temple is. Temple has a bad record, loses their out-of-conference game. Temple is what – Temple screws the American. Temple, Temple is the American's worst enemy – because they lose bad out-of-conference games while Memphis and UCF and Cincinnati and SMU win their out-of-conference games and look, make the conference look better. Temple loses to, like, fucking Ohio or Buffalo, and then they beat one of those teams, and everybody goes, ha-ha, you can't beat Temple. And the thing is, Temple just – Temple's just a weird team. They, they play up and they play down. And, yeah. Memphis, Memphis star receiver DeMonte Coxie opted out for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. I don't think we mentioned this before, but Notre Dame had Kevin Austin rebroke his foot. That was very unfortunate, and he's out for the season again. He hasn't really played anything, but a lot of hype coming in. And Braden Lindsay also was injured at the end of the game. No update on him yet, though. Um, I think the Temple upset could come on Thursday, November 5th. Thursday got? night, home against SMU. 7.30 start time. Ooh. Yeah. That could be the um, – At home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could be the, the – The temple – The temple upset. The temple fuck you. Yeah. Um, UCF 51, Tulane 34. UCF continues to be uh, wrecking balls on offense. Dylan Gabriel, I mean, he, he's putting up Heisman numbers. He won't be in contention, but he's putting up those kind of numbers. UCF just 3-2, and two, though. Like, so they're not really – in any kind of mix for anything. And that's why Dylan Gabriel probably isn't getting the hype that yeah. maybe is warranted. But I think like the takeaway here is UCF is elite on offense. We know that they're still not very good on defense. No, though. no, they're not. UCF is not. They're still as dangerous. I, I still look at them though as the most dangerous team in the American to Cincinnati. That's how I feel. Like, I don't think 
Like if anybody's going to stop the Cincinnati train at UCF because they have that culture of success, they know how to win. Um, they're going to have fans in the building in Florida. Yeah. Like big fans, because who knows if, who knows what they're deciding to do when Cincinnati rolls into town in mid November. And this offense can score against any defense in the country, I believe. So, yeah, that would be a good game. Hopefully, UCF wins out until then. Um, I'm sure they will. I don't think they've already played the, 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 uh, at Houston. Ooh. Ooh. Next week. That's going to be a good game. That is a good game. I can't wait for the line on that one. We're we're, going to get into that one, I'm sure, next week. Um, any other takeaways, Colin? Uh, Tulane's decent. Yeah, Willie Fritz, they, they got, can score. But yeah, yeah. They really haven't played good defense all year. Houston 37, Navy 21. Clayton Toon continues to impress. Um, the Cougars are good. Yeah. There is no question about it. The Cougars are a good team. Um, I, I don't think Navy played poorly. Like, I, no, I just Navy, don't think Navy's good. Navy, Navy, Navy's, start, Navy's starting to get it going a little bit. First, first loss in conference for the midshipmen. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, Navy is starting to get it going a little bit. Navy, you know, just got absolutely rocked by BYU and then absolutely rocked by Air Force. I think we talked about the Air Force a little bit. That had a little bit to do with just preparing yeah. for one team. But, yeah, they're, they're, they've started – and they didn't tackle all offseason. Now they're starting – they've been playing for a while. This is a Navy team that's always going to have fight. Yep. There might be a little value betting in Navy a little while down the road. Houston, though, is uh, – Houston's really good, man. Houston is really good. If you were to power rank, Colin, the top – like the upper echelon of the American Athletic Conference, Ooh. what, what would you do? So I, I, I can, I'm pulling up the standings now just to have them up. Um, I would go Cincinnati 1, UCF 2, SMU 3, Houston 4, Memphis 5. That's how I would power rank the top five. That's what I would do. I think I would go Cincinnati. Yep. Houston. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they only lost to BYU. It was really good. Yeah, and that was like the box. Like, we we got lucky to cover that. I may be with you on that. Houston may be the second best team. Um, uh, Then I think – Is there any chance Houston's a dog to UCF on Saturday? At home? Mm -hmm. Home dog? Do you think Houston's going to be a dog? They could be. They very. I think. I think. I think they're going to be a two-point favorite. Okay. But I don't. I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then I guess give me UCF, Memphis, and then SMU. Then SMU. SMU really. SMU behind Memphis and UCF. Okay. Man, I, I, I don't know, know man. This, 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 the, the top is here. the top is so tight. Houston may be the second best team in this. I think, although what I oh, and I think happened this week is I think it went from a five team like tier to Cincinnati ahead of the next four. That's how I would. That, I mean, that's how I would kind of describe it. No, I don't know. I think I think I think blowout games like that can happen, and I still I'm still not sold on Ritter. Okay. All right. But yeah. Then then you just have Navy, Temple, Tulsa, who can beat any of those top teams, as evidenced with. Pulse has already knocked off UCF. That's that's true. Um, Big 12? Yeah. Oklahoma State wins maybe the biggest game in a long time for Mike Gundy. Oklahoma State beats Iowa State 24-21. to uh, Spencer Sanders returns. He's super solid at quarterback. Chuba Hubbard has a monster day running the football. Um, he was just casually good, which is all Oklahoma State really needed him to be. And... 
the pokes. Two are, picks by Sanders? Yeah, but they weren't – I didn't really find them to be killers. I mean, it was just – I think it was, it, they were taking shots down the field and, like, it ended up being a pick. Um, they ran the football really well. That's the recipe for success for this team. Unlike past Oklahoma State teams, which is crazy, right? Past Oklahoma State teams, you think of the the best of Mike Gundy. It's, you know, aired out to, to Des Bryant and, and Justin Blackman. And, yeah, defenses so, were really good. Yes, and now now the the philosophy is let's run the football, let's control the clock, and let's stop them. And that's what the Pokes did. And now Oklahoma State is in the driver's seat for the college football playoff. They went out, they're in. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope they lose. <laughs> I like them. Um, I think they're Spencer Sanders coming in. They don't win this game without Spencer Sanders. I understand he threw two picks, but he was so effective running the football and making plays outside the pocket. Oklahoma, it brings a completely different dimension. This is a this is a good football team. I don't think they're I think they're a top ten, like fringe top yeah. ten football team. And the only reason that they're going to get a shot to play in the playoffs is because they may win the Big Twelve. But they're a good, solid football team. And do you think do you think if they lose one game in the Big Twelve, they can make the playoffs? No. I think they should be dead too. I think they're dead. I think if you lose, they have to run the table. That's what I think. Um, but I am thoroughly impressed with them. Yeah, I, I, this was on the Notre Dame game, so I was not watching. But yeah, this, this just like this Oklahoma State team just seems solid everywhere. For what it's worth, they're not going to go undefeated, though, Colin. You think that who, no, who are they going to drop? They're, they're play, they play Texas next week, which is going to be tough. And they're at Kansas State, tough. At Oklahoma, tough. And at TCU, to I think they lose to Oklahoma. They, they could lose. They, they could lose any of those four games. Yeah. Um. But I, I, Chuba Hubbard's a great running back. Spencer Sanders made a difference, and it's a huge win. It's a huge win for Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State because they are now in the driver's seat. That's all that matters right now. Yeah, very, very big win. Uh, yeah, I, I State, good, not great good. team. Good, good, not great. Yeah, I think that's that's how you decide. Yeah. Fans were hyped up. Good, not great. Fans were hyped up in. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Yes, Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah, Boone Pickens Stadium was uh, there. There was there was a lot of a lot of fans, um, and they were very excited. Uh, a lot of high fives compared to A and M masks. A and M Florida similar to A and M. It looks similar to A and M. I think maybe it was a little shell shocking because I, I went from watching the Rutgers Michigan State game where the Big Ten said no fans, you can only have five hundred friends and family. Um, so I went from seeing like a complete empty stadium to seeing like. A stadium that was more full than a lot of Rutgers, Rutgers games, games last year. <laughs> Although, let me tell you this: if Rutgers, if there were fans allowed in the building, the place would be a freaking madhouse on Saturday for Indiana. It yeah. would be coming off a win at Michigan State. I think it would it would be sold out. Greg, very good mass discipline by Greg. Great mass discipline. You know, he he knows he's coaching for a New Jersey team. He knows he's, he's, he's <laughs> he um, know, he knows his governor well. <laughs> we we should. Well, his governor got him the fucking job. So. Yeah. I mean, essentially, the governor was like, yo, Pat, like, Greg needs to be the head coach. It was kind of nuts. Um, moving on, uh, Kansas State 55, Kansas 14. Nothing to see here. Kansas is a train wreck, um, and I can't wait to fade him again next week. Okay. Very profitable. Uh, Oklahoma, TCU, this game, actually, I, I, had, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a feeling Oklahoma was going to start to get it going. After last week when they pulled – or it was two weeks ago, right? Yeah. They had a week off mm-hmm. the week, in the Red River rivalry. 
they pulled Rattler and then brought him back in, and he got them to win. I had a feeling they might start to get it going. TCU, not that good, which makes the Texas loss look even worse. Yep. And yeah, they they kind of they kind of dominated this game. Twenty three first downs to eighteen, which isn't that bad, but four ninety eight total yards to three fifty one. No turnovers for either team. And what really sucked was Notre Dame game was about to start, and TCU was calling timeouts down by fucking twenty. Like, what the fuck, Eric Patterson? Get this game off. I want to go to Pittsburgh. I want to watch the game. You're screwing me over. Um, how about the Oklahoma defense? That's the takeaway. I mean, we know that the Sooners' offense can make big plays for the year with Spencer Rattler. We know what they're capable under, of under Lincoln Riley. But the whole TCU, who I don't think has a bad offense. No, I don't they, like should, they should have a decent offense. Huh? So I, I, I mean, I don't think TCU is one of the best offenses in the Big 12 by any stretch, but to hold them to 18 first downs and 14 points um, – that's the that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. This is the Oklahoma defense for the rest of the season. It's hard to they are still the most talented team yeah. by far in the Big Twelve. Yeah. I mean and, I, Alex Grinch, you know, he's there was there was a lot of hype around him last year that he had turned the Oklahoma defense and finally turned the corner. Then they went against an all time offense in LSU that nobody can stop and just got absolutely torched. I still I think this defense is better than it has been, but I still think I don't know if they play a very good offense. I've got I – don't, I, don't, I don't believe in them to get too many stops. But they might get enough. I mean, they've already played the hard yeah. – the toughest of their schedule. And they're they're right. glad they're 3-2 and two because now they're fucking out of the out of the playoff. Yeah. I don't have to hear from their stupid-ass fans all the time. And the, the only real game left for them is at home against Oklahoma State, which can be a really big game for both teams, I yeah. expect. Um, Texas 27, Baylor 16. Uh, the Chris Ash defense finally performs – I'm impressed. Are you? Yes, I'm impressed. Happy he's gone, but impressed that his defense held Baylor to like 300 something yards. And but yeah. Charlie Brewer completed a bunch of passes, but they didn't really he didn't throw for many yards. And there were there weren't any turnovers for Baylor. Like it was just it was weird. Is, let me look at what is Baylor's. It was 27-3. Baylor had no. to come in late, come uh, back late. Dave Aranda, Arada, yeah, yeah, yeah. LSU under. Unders and Baylor games looking pretty decent right now. He's allowed 27, 27, and 14. And those are the big big 12 offenses. Interesting. TCU, Baylor, under next week. Oh, that's going to be one of the lowest totals you'll find on a big 12 game, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I, don't, I didn't get the ability to bet, bet in big 12 unders is a rare ability. Yeah. I didn't get to watch – this game at all. Um, I don't think Baylor's very good. Uh, they, they returned like yeah, nothing on defense. And the hope was that they'd be good on offense, and it's just it hasn't come to fruition. Um, I don't think Texas is very good. I think a good Texas team at blows, home them, out. blows them out. And they kind of did, right? I mean, it was 27-3, and Baylor came back a little bit late. But not putting up points. You know? They're not putting up – they're not putting up – like Sam Ellinger – Against a bad defense, 270 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Keontae Ingram only runs for 57 yards. Like that's just not the Texas offense that that we've honestly come accustomed to, grown accustomed to under Tom Herman. Like if, yes, Texas has lost weird games, but they've been explosive on offense. They have yeah, been, yeah. and they're just not. That's why that, that that's why one of my takeaways from this game is maybe Dave Aron is going to have this Baylor defense ready to go earlier than possible. Earlier than we thought, mm-hmm. and they might be a good under team. Texas Tech 34, West Virginia 27. Um, 
I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch. It was a good Big 12 game, typical Big 12 game. Um, kind of went down the stretch, and Texas Tech, the home team, won with a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm surprised because I th- I'm, I'm actually relatively high on the West Virginia defense, and the Texas Tech offense hasn't done a lot this season. Um, but Their offense has been pretty good. Uh, they put up a lot of points against Texas. That's it. That's it. They struggled against K State. They struggled K-State against Iowa State. Was a windy, windy game. Yeah. They struggled against Iowa State. I, I mean, yeah. I guess coming home. Also, didn't they didn't they switch quarterbacks this game? They did, but he only threw for 170 yards. 22 for 28. It's pretty decent. He was fine. I mean, I, I they ran the football well. Yeah. Um, and which surprised me because West Virginia's got a really good deal. <laughs> so, um, I actually leaned Texas Tech plus three and a half early in the week, but I, I was talked off of it. Um, I just. Didn't love it and kind of kicking myself for it, but whatever. A little, little box score fraud here. Total yards, really? West Virginia, 438 to 348 for uh, Texas Tech. Was there a turnover differential? Not really. No. Time of possession? I don't really understand. Maybe they just ran it late. It's only a seven-point game. Yeah, so like I guess stuff like that could happen, but that still is almost 100 yards different. Two um Two average teams. Yeah, mediocre Big 12 teams, um, and there's really nothing much more to, to no. say about that. All right, moving on to the Big 10, Wisconsin 45, Illinois 7. The only takeaway I really have on this is, holy fuck, Wisconsin's got a quarterback. Graham Mertz is a beast. Yeah, he's good. 20, he's 21, a beast. 248, five touchdowns. Illinois' defense, a little suspect, but, uh, yeah, fuck this. Under should have hit. I'm still pissed. Bullshit. Six and one if that hit. Uh, yeah, I don't really got much besides Graham Mertz. He's a beast. Wisconsin Michigan game is now looking a lot better. Um, freshman quarterback, 20 of 21, 240 yards. Are you sure he's a sophomore? Yeah, he was there last year. But was he isn't he a redshirt freshman? Yeah, maybe redshirt, but redshirt freshman quarterback. Yeah. His first start. Yeah, first start. That was good. I, I have a question actually, Justin. If I gave you West Virginia and I threw them into the American, yeah, where are they? Probably sixth. Yeah, I think so. Okay. If I give you Iowa State, I would say probably second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maybe third. I don't know how. Good I think the American is. might be a better conference in the Big Twelve this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about how well Tulsa played Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Brandon Peters was typical Brandon Peters for Illinois. Um, ran the ball dead. He ran a little, the ball. A little, little interesting, I guess, for the Michigan Wisconsin matchup is Joe Milton. Yeah, pretty pretty good runner. Well, this is typical of Brandon Peters. Um, I don't think Illinois is going to be that bad. I think Wisconsin's really good, and I think so. Here's here was my one thought about the Badgers coming into the season. They're going to have a top five defense in college football. Yeah, can they score points? Um, I was worried because I did not trust the run game. Um, turns out, don't have to trust the run game when their quarterback may already be an upper echelon quarterback. Well, in the just so game. their run game, they ended up with 182 yards rushing, but they were pretty much shut down for yeah, the it was, entire it was game. Very they, it was it was very not. A, they don't have a good run game. It was not year. Wisconsin. They, their offense. I get that offensive lines. Reload, but offensive lines don't reload like skill possession position reload. I learned that with Notre Dame when yep. we lost all those guys out to the draft. 
there are issues, and it takes a little while before an offensive line can get going. And we saw that. But, yeah, I, I don't really know. There's, I got screwed, man. I'm still sick. 17 points in the fucking fourth quarter. The, that last touch, that last field goal at the end ended it for me because fucking there's four minutes left and Illinois throws a pick on the second play. Come on, man. Just hold on to the ball for one more minute and punt. And then Wisconsin will just run out the clock. These fucking dicks. Fuck Illinois. I'm pissed. Fuck Wisconsin for doing this too, man. And fuck Kyle for jinxing me. Ohio State 52, Nebraska 17. Uh, the Buckeyes cover. Surprise, surprise. Nebraska, early. Nebraska did well to hang in there for a little while. Adrian Martinez actually played a decent game. They were switching them off with uh, McCaffrey. Um, they were. I don't really know like what to – McCaffrey was good. Fine also. I mean, they both yeah. played okay. Um, they had a lot of success running the football as quarterbacks. Um but the takeaway isn't on Nebraska. It's I think Nebraska actually played as well as they could have expected. Ohio State is just that. They're they're in that Alabama-Clemson tier. Justin Fields is a monster. 20-21, 276 yards, two touchdowns, ran the ball for 54 yards and a score. He is he's a beast. Yeah, I think there's still some questions coming around Ohio State's defense. But I don't know, maybe with Nebraska's – Offense is just going to be really good this year, mm. but I don't think I don't I think there's some reasonable questions on Ohio State's defense, but their offense is so good I don't think it's going to matter until the playoffs. Um, I agree, uh, and I, you know, Ohio State's got one more layup next week against Penn State before they face a real test in two weeks against Rutgers. But <laughs> um, Ohio State did well though to avoid the the patented look ahead spot. Now they play at Penn State next week, which is going to be a at Penn State or home against Penn State? At, at Penn State, um, which is going to be the whiteout game. Oh, wait. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think there's – after watching both Penn State and Ohio State play this week, there's no – I have no question that Ohio State is so far above the rest of the Big Ten. Um, anyway, do you have anything else to take away, Kyle? Uh, no, not really. I just – I think I think there's, some, there's something to look at with Ohio State's defense not being – up to snuff as it normally is. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see. It's early. It's early. It's a COVID season, you know. Yeah. Lots to learn. Maybe Nebraska's offense is just really good. Maybe the game of the day in uh, college football, just in terms of. Yes, so of, just a great game. Yep. Indiana 36, Penn State 35. Um, Tom Allen, head coach of Indiana, is one of the most underrated head football coaches in college football. So. Uh, the Hoosiers led 17-7. Penn State came back, um, went ahead 28-20 to after their running back inexplicably ran it in for a touchdown with Penn State. Did you see that? Yes. Penn State up one, um, and he ran it in for a touchdown to give Indiana a chance. Hoosiers marched. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, keep going. Hoosiers marched down the field, um, led by Michael Penix Jr. Just awful defense. How defense. do you allow that to happen? If you were a top-10 team – they're not a thought. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've been saying that. That's why we were both on yep. Indiana. But I, I don't know. Um, Michael Penix is a very, very good quarterback because he's got a great arm. He's explosive. He's got all the skills. Um, and he's the leader of that team. He ran it in for the touchdown to tie the to, to force and then ran in for the two-point conversion to tie the game. 
Then in overtime, he threw the touchdown pass and then ran it in for two. Um, you can question it all day if he got in or not. I, I see. I believe that frame by frame, he probably did not get in, but you can't overturn it. It was not indisputable video evidence either way. Um, I think the Hoosiers are a good football team. I think it's, it's it was definitely a little box score fraud because uh, yeah, I'm, I was about it, to it get totally into that. Was. This was one of the biggest. This was, was the biggest, the biggest box, box score fraud of the of the week. 27 first downs for Penn State versus 16. Penn State's third down efficiency, 9 for 17 versus 4 for 12 for Indiana. 488 total yards for Penn State versus 211 for Indiana. And then, like, three turnovers for Penn State to two. There were two fumble, and and Sean Clifford threw two picks deep in in Penn State's own territory. So, Indiana – Came with great field position and made it made it count. Yeah, and then also time of possession forty twenty five to nineteen thirty five. So this is a game Penn State should have won. So that so if you ask so in Tom Allen's post game press conference, he cited all those facts as the reason why he went for two. Yeah, he yeah. was like he was like look like they've been dominating the game. We've been close so many times against big name teams, and I'm tired of being close. Like I wanted to go win the football game, and. They did, and I'm glad he got he made the right call, and I'm glad they won. When I saw them coming out, I was so hyped for that because that was that was what I needed, man. That 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 locked six. in the plus six. Yeah. Um, the other thing that and look, I Indiana we, we highlighted that they got a ton of returning talent. Tom Allen's a very good football coach. Um, the Hoosiers are now in a legitimate spot, objectively, to make a run at Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten East. They are the most well-positioned team yeah. to make that run. They play – here's what they've got. They've got Rutgers next week, and then they've got Michigan the week after that. They should beat Rutgers. They obviously should be Rutgers. It is a sandwich spot for the Scarlet Knights. I'm pumped up for that. But, I mean, there's every reason that, that Indiana is playing, I think, home against Michigan. No, at Michigan. They're playing at Michigan in um, – I think, I think that's going to be a... – No, they're home against Michigan. Oh. Indiana is home against Michigan – this is this is in you know what I mean in two weeks in what could be the biggest game in Indiana football in decades and there won't be any fans that's tough it's tough but still yeah I mean if 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 yeah it's just I'm I'm happy for Tom Allen because he's a very good football yeah. coach and look they built the roster the right way yeah I I, I think there's going to be a little bit value on staying away from Indiana for a bit now though because winning winning this game outright is going to boost the public's knowledge of them, and this was just totally Rutgers plus whatever. This was total box score fraud, man. I, I Penn State next it, week against it was box score fraud, but also like was it? I mean, just because Indiana had yes, 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 yes. Just because we were both on Indiana does not mean we can admit that it was box score fraud. No, I, they they won the game outright. If they if they lose by six or they lose. They lose by five, or they, he takes that knee at the end of the game. I'm not going to scream box score fraud. Winning this game outright with this total yard difference is box score fraud. Um, the only thing I'm going to object is 100 penalty yards for Penn State. No, because that that also indicates a little bit of a fluke. Um, because I don't think they're going to have that many. I'm just doing some quick math here. Sorry. Um, so here's uh, yeah, Penn State averaged a full 1.5 more yards per play, which is significant. Yeah. 
They had 6.8 yards per pass versus Indiana, 4.7 yards per pass. They averaged 4.8 yards per rush to Indiana's 1.6 yards per rush. This, this, this is box score fraud, and this is a great opportunity, no matter how hyped up we are that Indiana won this game, which we both are because we thought this was a good opportunity to take Indiana. It is now a good opportunity to take Penn State and to fade Indiana in the coming weeks. I wouldn't touch Penn State against Ohio State next week. But if you want to play Rutgers plus the points this week, that there, there could not be a better spot to play Rutgers plus whatever they're going to get against Indiana at home, which is true. I mean, if they lost, then they'd be really I don't spot. think so. If Rutgers lost, yeah, I disagree. Why? Because now I think Rutgers actually believes. believes. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they. It's not like they were all hyped up. It's not. It's not like they just had this amazing, like, crazy win. Like, yeah, it was a good win, and now they. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 that's a home. good. It's a good spot for Rutgers. I also think, depending how many points Penn State gets, and it's not a, even Indiana, but Indiana. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking. I'm saying like depend for Rutgers. I'm also saying. Depending on how many points Penn State gets against Ohio State, oh, they okay. always play Ohio State close Rutgers, at home. Yeah, I think Penn State. I, I think it's going to be plus fourteen, and I don't. I would take Ohio State over Penn State at plus fourteen. That would be my guess. A two touchdown, and I think I think it'll be very similar for Indiana. I think Indiana will be plus fourteen against minus fourteen against Rutgers, and I think you have to look long and hard at that. And then I might take both. All right, uh, moving on. Yeah, go for it. Michigan, Minnesota, 49-24. Road. Both of us had a play on this. Road the boat scheme. Uh, Only road one road. of us was right. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. All right, Chad. <laughs> What's that, your, your sick way of getting back for losing the line fight? <laughs> that was good. I, yeah, I, I feel I, I count us as one of one in the lock fights just because of uh... – Well, that's just not true because it's not like I took the under here. But okay. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not, not talking about this. I'm talking about all Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so this was just Joe Milton was pretty good. This Michigan offense was good, as I expected. Minnesota's defense, very suspect, not very good. Lost almost everybody. This was – this is a game that Harbaugh normally wins, and he won convincingly today despite it being on the road. There's a re- The reason why Michigan is still always, like, gets all this hype going into the end of the season when they face Ohio State and get blown out is because they win games like this, and that's what they did again today. They won games like this. Joe Milton played well. I think he's getting all the hype. I mean, he was solid. I think the the takeaway for me was how electric the skill position players were in this Michigan offense. Um, Giles Jackson, uh, Zach Charbonnet, Ronnie Bell. These guys are – these guys are all completely different wide receivers than what we have seen in the last few years of Michigan with Tariq Black and Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those guys have been tall, long wide receivers that you throw the ball up to them and they go win jump balls. These guys are not that. They are shifty, undersized, get the football in space, and make people miss guys. Yeah, this, this offense is really good. It's not like Milton made any incredible throws. A lot of it was just dumping it off and letting the receivers make the plays. Yeah. And look, that is a much if, if you have skill skill guys, that is much harder to defend, in my opinion, than tall, rangy receivers who just go up and catch the football. Yeah, this the part of the reason why I took the over on this game is because I am high on Gaddis. I think yep. Gaddis has the Michigan offense humming. Yep. And, he certainly did. And it Ooh. looked humming today. I also Pretty high on their O line despite losing everybody. They rushed for 253 yep. yards. I mean, that's a little bit of factor of Minnesota's defense just couldn't stop the fucking fly. 
You know, if, if, if I got a handoff with that hole, I might take it 15, 20 yards. You know, like they, they, they were – that was that was pretty embarrassing by Minnesota. Michigan's defense looked solid. But this is – this I, I'm – Minnesota has a pretty good quarterback, although Tanner Morgan did not impress me today. I don't know if you thought no, – I think he might be getting a little overhyped. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that got, like, all this hype brought on to him, and now he's, like – he's surpassed – the hype has surpassed the talent, despite the talent being there. I don't even know how much the talent is there. I mean, yeah. let's keep in mind that last year he had arguably the best offensive line in, in the Big Ten. He had two all-conference wide receivers. He had two great running backs, and he had a top. Well, top he, still has, he still has Bateman. Yeah, but now, but in one, yeah. one top receiver is so much different than two yeah, top yeah. receivers. No, that's true. Michigan yeah. was keyed in on Bateman. Yeah, and also the thing is – like they put up 24 points against Michigan, 326 yards. There's like, I mean, the, the Minnesota's offense is not the type of they don't have enough speed at skill possessions. That is what has always killed this Don Brown defense. And putting up 24 points when your offense wins is like 24 points is a reasonable amount to allow to any team. You, yeah. if you Agreed. if you if you you're below 30. I think it's a good day day for your defense. Agreed. I think you know, but I, I still, I still, I'm Don Brown. I still don't think is going to be able to stop Ohio State or a team with a team of that caliber. Minnesota also has a new offensive coordinator, so I mean, there may have been a little bit of a trying to break things in and yeah. your system um, that could have been factored as well. Um, how many Brahim ran the ball well for him? Uh, I don't think. I don't. I think my bigger takeaway is that Michigan is. Pretty good. They're, they're a top 10 team, I think, in the country. Yeah, yeah. And um, Minnesota is probably a fringe top 25 team. I mean, they're. I think last year was just a crazy year. Everything clicked, and maybe they're due for a little bit of regression. Yeah, they, this, this this screams like a regression team yep. this year. That I, wanted, I, I wanted to be on them with you, but I. There's just, yeah, you were right. There's just some things to stay away on this Minnesota team. I think uh, – I like uh, – yeah, they, 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 they were like a team that got good at last year and everybody bought them now, and now they're a little bit too high. They're trading a little bit too high in the public's mind. Yeah, and they lost a lot of key guys. Yeah, they lost a ton. Yeah, especially their defense, man. They lost almost everybody. And they lost a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver too. Right? Year two, the Gattis system, done with Shea Patterson, that bum. And uh, now they got Joe Milton. Their running game looked good. Michigan, Michigan's offense looked good. I think that's the big takeaway for me is – Michigan has a legitimate offense this year. Rutgers 38, Michigan State 27. Bring it down, Satu. I think two major takeaways. One, um, Michigan State's terrible. Uh, they, they they were not very good. You don't turn the ball over seven times and expect to win a football game. Seven? Seven. Um, including like two or three turnovers on downs. It was really crazy. Um, for Rutgers, this looked like a great Shiana defense. And I've said all along, the Rutgers defense is going to be good. They're going to be good because their starting 11 on defense is a legitimate middle-of-the-pack Big Ten starting 11. They've got enough good players on defense to be competitive against the middle-of-the-pack in the Big Ten. Um, they lose, they have a, they don't have a lot of depth on defense, but whatever. Greg Shannon is a hell of a defensive coach, and he dialed up some timely blitzes, and Rutgers was in the backfield all day. Michigan State couldn't run the ball and made him one-dimensional, and Rocky Lombardi, even though he ended up throwing for 320 yards, he's just not – He's not a very good quarterback, and he, he, he just what a haircut. <laughs> See that? Yeah, the blonde. Yeah, comb over. 
Um, so yeah, it was, and it was a great, honestly, it was a great fucking day to be a Scarlet Knight. This guy looks like he should be fucking Yale's quarterback yeah. and not Michigan State's. Yeah, and he's got such a weird name for his haircut too, like Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> and he's got this weird, like, blonde comb-over haircut. Um, it was a great day for Rutgers. Uh, we, we deserved this. We played, we, we were the better team yesterday, and and uh, it was an emotional win. It was fun. It was um, fun. So I just want to ask a couple questions. Sure, go crazy. I think this game was won because Garciano, I don't think if you put these same teams and you have Chris Ash, do you think this is a loss? Yep. And I think the reason why this is I want to get your opinion because I know you watched the entire game. I know you're going to give a little bit of biased opinion, but there's a little bit of what looks like box score fraud here. We have 16 first half for Rutgers versus 23 for Michigan State. We have 276 total yards versus 369 for Michigan State, and we have three turnovers to seven, and five of Michigan State's turnovers were fumbles. Yeah, that was by design. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are you can you can you at least acknowledge the fact that there might have been a little bit of box score fraud here? Or are you going to completely deny it? Well, I so how how much did we outgain them by? You. We're outgained by by ninety yards. Right, and Michigan State's last touchdown drive, when Rutgers was in a full prevent defense, was like a ninety yard touchdown drive. Okay. So um, Rutgers was look, we we were swarming. Um, we made Rocky Lombardi try to beat us, and you could just tell our ta- when we were tackling, we were attacking the football. And look, Michigan State was not ready to play this game. The, I think the box score fraud, maybe. I think I I, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't really buy into that much because there were plenty of possessions where Rutgers just had a short field, and that's why they didn't have to get first down. That's why they didn't have to get total yards. Um, I think if you look more on a yards per play basis, Rutgers was right there with them on yards per play. Okay, so if I look at yards per play, we have 5.7 yards per pass to 7.4. That's fine. And then we have 2.6, so Rutgers outrushed them to 1.3, but neither team really rushed ran the ball very well. Yeah, but, I mean, I – also, part of that was Vedral took a Noah Vedral took a twenty yard sack late in the game, just running around trying to kill clock. Also, just putting that out there. Um, look, I I, 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 I think I understand the box score fraud argument, but I'm, I, I, I wouldn't count on it. When Rutgers needed touchdown drives, they marched down for three unbelievable touchdown drives. Um, I, I don't think there's any real box score fraud. I think Rutgers was the better team. They played like the better team, and they won the game. And uh, there's momentum coming in Saturday against Indiana. Anything else on this? Move on. No. Purdue 24, Iowa 20. Um, no Jeff Brom, no Rondell Moore, no problem for the Boilermakers. <laughs> You're going to say that. Uh, yeah. So this, this is, this is kind of – Big news for Purdue, getting this win at home against Iowa. Purdue is now a team to watch in the Big Ten. No, I think I think this is a I think this is a legitimate. They have now a legitimate legitimate contender in the West. Like yeah, you beat an Iowa team without your starting, without your head coach and your best wide receiver, and Bell went off in his absence. Against a, like a decent, Bell's a good Bell's a good player. He was the Big Ten freshman of the year last year yeah. too. Like this Purdue team looks like pretty good, man. Uh, they although they were outgained by 70, 80 yards yards per play. Also, both rushing and passing in favor of Iowa. So that's something to keep an eye on. And Iowa had two fumbles lost. 
So maybe I wouldn't knock Iowa too much here, but I think the fact that Purdue was able to get this win without their head coach and without their best player, I think is impressive. And I think there might be something to look into Purdue down the road. Um, Okay, I disagree. I, I don't think Iowa was good. I think that that like that was my biggest takeaway. Like I don't think Purdue played a great game. Um, I think David Bell was the best player on the field, and that's the only reason why Purdue won the football game because he was able to get open and make plays. The game-winning touchdown for Purdue was such a pathetic defensive breakdown by Iowa. I can't even like it. It was it was disgusting. They let David Bell just get wide open in the back of the end zone. Like how do you? He's killed you all game, right? He's, he's got 12 catches for 120 yards coming into that play, and you let him get wide open in the back of the end zone. Like when you're not, it was pathetic. Um, Iowa lost a lot from defense from last year. I think they're going to be fine, but like this has like Iowa rebuild four and four, five and four, four and five type year. And I, look, this game, this game could have gone either way. I don't think Purdue is good. I don't think Iowa is bad. I think both teams are very meh. And I think Wisconsin is a 20, 21 points better than both of these teams in the Big Ten West. So I think Northwestern is the better team, too. Well, so, we can get to that. Yeah, we'll I don't know about 21 points, though. Um, Purdue's not good. I, I, I'm right, telling you right now, they're right, not good. Right. Rutgers can beat Purdue. Okay. <laughs> We're back. We are back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. The Big Ten is back, and the Homer is back. Justin Santoop, Rutgers super fan. Yeah, that's me. Um, and I, I'm, I'm unimpressed by Iowa. Okay. Moving on. North, Northwestern, Maryland, 43. Northwestern, 3. Maryland, absolutely dogged. Yeah. Uh, this was 11-point spread. Holy shit, man. They just – Talia Tagovailoa. Three picks. <laughs> 94 yards. total yards. Three Awful. picks. 14 for 25. Yeah, yeah this was – Oh man, I I think we sensed this a little bit coming in, but just taking Northwestern as a as a as a double digit favorite is is just recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this Northwestern team, they got a quarterback finally. Twenty three to thirty. He's a stud. Two twelve through the air and a touchdown. Well, the last time Northwestern had a good quarterback, Clayton Thorson led them to multiple bowl victories. Yeah, they're they're a good team. We we said this last year. We thought they would have a bounce back. Yep. They always have a good defense. Yep. This is just like big believer in Fitzgerald. Yeah, head yep. football coach. Yeah, he is a good, very good coach. Very good coach. This is just like this was just complete domination. I think Maryland is Maryland awful. Maryland is the worst team in the Big Ten. Yes. And Michigan State's the second worst. Yeah. Which puts Rutgers, you know. The third. <laughs> Moving towards the mid tier. Yeah, uh, Maryland is really bad. Uh, Loxley, Loxley, right? Loxley. Yeah, yeah. The, his seed has got to be on fire. He was 2 uh, and 26. He's recruiting, but if you recruiting can't turn into wins and you get blown out like this all the time, he was 2 and 26 at New Mexico. Yep. And now he's 4 and 16 at Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh oh. That guy might be Gonzo. Four and, four and 16 in Maryland. Yeah. Unreal. All right. Um, yeah, Maryland sucks. Fade Maryland. Crazy. All right, let's, Crazy. let's move on. I think Northwestern's good, though. Like, I, w- like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take this just for – like, I wouldn't just take this just as Maryland sucks. I would take it as Northwestern's really good, too. Like, I think – I actually think – I'm telling you, this may be a hot take, but – I think Northwestern may be the second best team in the Big Ten West. All right, I, yeah, I, is that crazy? Ah, no, I, I buy Northwestern is good. I think they're gonna 
beat one of those like top tier teams in who, the Big who West. Are the top tier teams in the Big West, Big Ten West, Minnesota. Minnesota. I think they're Wisconsin. just as good as Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think they're as good as Wisconsin, but but anyway, maybe Nebraska too. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think Northwestern is pretty good, but I think the whole Big Ten West is just pretty solid. Yeah. Um, all right. SEC. Bama forty-eight, Tennessee seventeen. Um, ho hum, Bama's the best team in the SEC. It's not particularly close. Yeah, this was Bama. Yeah, this was an easy spread. Uh, I, I get why the public is all over Bama all the time. Very happy to take this. This mm-hmm. was just like I I, I I saw this coming. I think this was pretty easy to see coming. As Tennessee does not have the offense to score on Bama, despite Bama's problems on the defensive side and. No matter how good Tennessee's defense, which is decent, Bama can score on anybody. And like rivalry game, like I'm not expecting. I don't expect Bama. Bama isn't a team that you look for letdown spots. Penn State is a team you look at letdown spots. Bama is a different level. Clemson, different level. There's you don't find letdowns with this Bama team, and that was evidence today. I think the only type of teams that can give Bama problems are teams that can score, like Ole Miss. I Tennessee can't score, so no problem. Guarantano played well. Like, he was fine, I guess. 13 for 24, 162 yards. Two touchdowns. He didn't make mistakes that cost him the game. Like, he, like they, Tennessee lost this game just because they are nowhere near the level of Alabama. Um, Najee Harris, good day running football. Mac Jones, obviously another really good day through the air. Jalen Waddle out. Yeah. That's a killer. That is a killer. He was the second best wide receiver for Alabama. I just don't think it's up. I don't think Alabama that much. Yeah, you know, because John Mechie's a beast. They're going to slide him right in there and slide Bolden there, too. I don't think it affects Alabama. Devontae Smith is the best receiver in the country, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, No, I don't really think that affects Alabama that much. The only thing I'm worried about with Alabama is this defense. I've mentioned it time and time again. There are not very many teams in the SEC, though, that have an offense that can compete with them. And defense is getting better. I think the defense has played two bad offenses. I don't think it's getting better. I think you play Georgia and Tennessee, your defense stats are going to look better. They they were talking about this in the Notre Dame pick game because they were comparing Notre Dame's getting ready for Clemson, right? And they were comparing them to Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Mm -hmm. And what the guy said, which I believe is true, and maybe I'm a homer for this, is – no, the reason why Notre Dame's not as good as those teams is their passing offense. And he said when you look at the defense, Notre Dame has a better defense than all three of them. And I believe that. I think we have the best defense of those three. Georgia may have a better defense. But those three, I think, I think we have, the best has a better defense too. I think we have better defense than Clemson. Colin can't get through a fucking podcast without Notre Dame propaganda. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. You just got one fucking stuff again. <laughs> You got your Rutgers hoodie on right now. Yeah, and Rutgers sweatpants. We haven't had a Big Ten win in three years. We just blew out Pitt, man. Okay. You know what I mean? You know what? They're very different, dude. They're very different. You have a top five team in the country that just got a ho-hum win over a middle of that. A ho-hum win? 45 to 3 is not a ho-hum win, man. Ho-fucking-hum. Bro, Rutgers won their first Big Ten game in three years. You beat a shitty shitty Michigan State team in a box score fraud. I don't box score fraud. (laughs) <laughs> all right. <laughs> Indiana with all the points next week. Okay. Um, Auburn 35, <laughs> Ole Miss 28. 
Um, Come on, man. You know 45-3 is an impressive win. Over it was. Pitt. It was an impressive win against a backup quarterback oh on, my a, God. on a floundering team. We never beat Pitt that bad. Yeah. Oh, me, I, can, I just, can I just object? Can you be objective for a second? The win for Rutgers as a program was bigger than the win for Notre Dame as a program. And it's not even close. Well, the win for Notre Dame gives us hope that we can actually win the fucking – make the playoffs and beat Clemson this year. It was our first Big Ten win in right. three years. Congrats. They're not in the seat. Congrats. Congrats, buddy. Congrats, buddy. This is our chance to make it fucking win in the playoffs, man, and beat Clemson. You're not going to beat – oh, my God. All right. Over, over Ole Miss. I told you it would get heated once we got back. I warned you. Um – Bonex played well. Auburn played well. Um, Ole Miss is a shitbag defense. Yeah. We knew that. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch this football game. I didn't watch. Ooh. I did not watch very much of that. Um, yeah. I think we kind of we kind of diagnosed this on the podcast. This yeah. is games that Auburn normally wins. And two picks again for Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. Auburn's yeah, got it. Four yards. Yeah. Auburn's got a defense. I think Ole Miss is starting to get figured out a little bit. Yep. Um, maybe start going to Plumlee a little more. Auburn, this may have been a little bit of box score fraud too, right? 462 uh, to 444. It's not. 26 to 25. I think that. I mean, but if you look at the yards, per, I guess Ole Miss ran the ball really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good win for Auburn. Good win. Good, very needed win for Auburn. And this is why Gus Malzone's seat stays perpetually hot, is because he wins games like this after losing to South Carolina last week. Um, moving on, Missouri 20, Kentucky 10. Um, we kind of had this peg. Another another great diagnosis by the pod. Yeah. Um, this is this was similar in a sense to the Louisville Florida State game, in that you were buying low on Missouri, I think, off a of bye week, right? Yeah. And selling high on Kentucky after a fluky domination of a shitty Tennessee team, right? So if you bet like Missouri, I think there was value on them buying low Missouri and selling high on Kentucky at the same time, and that you see and Missouri won. Look, look at the box score of this. Kentucky had eight total first downs. Kentucky's offense is so bad. Missouri had twenty six. Terry Wilson was three of nine for thirty five yeah. yards. Yeah, uh, four hundred and twenty one yards for Missouri versus one forty five to Kentucky. This this oh, score doesn't even indicate how bad of a blowout this was. 43 total yards to 1650. We talked about this before. Kentucky's got a decent defense, and they can they were able to turn over turnover prone quarterbacks mm-hmm. in Guarantano and um, KJ Costello, mm-hmm. and now they're facing Missouri team that like has looked pretty decent, yep. and they're on the road, and just Missouri. They, Missouri is just a. They're a pretty solid team, and it's not a team that they're just going to run all over. Terry Wilson cannot do anything. They've got to make a change at quarterback. Uh, I do, but I agree with you. But I don't even know if they have a better option. Yeah, uh, they're 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 in trouble. They are. They can't score. They, it's they, unbelievable. They um, LSU fifty-two, South Carolina twenty-four. I actually think this was a really good spot for LSU. If you if you played it, congrats. Because um, I think from a talent perspective, like LSU is more talented, and they were a total buy low team and they had an offensive explosion. Um, and I give them a lot of credit for it. Yeah. This game, I just did not see Conley at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like who the fuck is TJ Finley? He's the backup quarterback yeah. for LSU. Somebody was telling me he was fat, man. He doesn't look fat. Damn it. Shouldn't have thrown him in the parlay. 
Yeah, he's a little chubby. He's not chubby. A little bit. A little fat face. 6'6", 250 pounds. He's like Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> it's a classic LSU quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this 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 just – He played well. This, this game surprised me. I was wondering why LSU was plus six, which – because, like, South Carolina looked pretty good all year, and I was thinking about it. I stayed away because it, the line just seems so fucking weird. Um, yeah, and LSU just dominated this game. Their offense looked good, but their offense looked good all year. Their defense stepped up, which was impressive. I guess they've kind of been due for get the defense going. They still have a ton of talent on the defense. Uh, and also, you kind of – you, 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 it was, it, it was hard to take fucking Mushchamp winning three games in a row in the SEC. Like, yeah, that's true. If, do you really trust Mushchamp? Nope. Mushchamp's not a good coach. Nope. He's mediocre. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Coach L is a good coach and he's a, and he's a good motivator. So I think yeah, he's he is a good motivate motivator. the guys to, to come out and, and play well. And they, they fucking walked up on South Carolina. All right. Um, Let's move on. Uh, quickly, we're going to run through the, the group of five. The group of group four. four. We are a Power Six podcast. American fans out there, I know you're listening. you got to start listening. you got to tell your friends, you know, we are not part of this propaganda that is the Power Five. We are a Power Six. The American is a power conference better than the Big 12. Sorry, Big 12 fans. Uh, so we're going to go a little group of four drive. Okay. UAB lost at home to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, good win. For, yeah, yeah. For, this was we, we talked about this. I think I talked you out of playing UAB here, right? Uh, you did. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like it was a it was a close game. UAB had a couple really untimely turnovers, which I think hurt them. But it was a good win for Louisiana Laf- Louisiana Lafayette, and um, they're they're good. And I think UAB is pretty good too. Is it? Yeah, UAB is still pretty good, but it's just like you get. Louisiana's a good team. They're still a good team. Did Marshall cover, Colin? Do you know? 20 uh, to 9, they won. They're now in the top 25. I don't 20 remember. to 9, I don't think they covered. I don't remember what the spread was. Uh, I don't think they covered either. Um, I don't really have much of a takeaway. Marshall undefeated. I was in the Sun Belt. I'm in, I'm in Conference USA. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and, um, Marshall's, Marshall's good. Yep, I mean, uh, Charlotte, 38, UTEP, yeah, 28, nothing. nothing. Liberty, Liberty means a lot of offense. Are they uh, – I mean, Malik, Malik Willis is a stud. He is casually a stud. He dominated Syracuse, and then this week he throws for 345 yards and six touchdowns, runs for 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, yeah. I, I don't care how bad Southern Miss is. Like, that's a hell of a stat line for a quarterback. Yeah. And Liberty, they could be, like, a factor. In college, I mean, they got Virginia Tech coming up. They're six and zero. That they're do they play them next week? Two weeks. Who do they play next week? No, they got a bye week. I think they play UVA also. No, at NC State and at Coastal Carolina. Uh, NC State and Virginia Tech, two ACC teams. Yeah. Um, Middle Tennessee beat Rice forty to thirty-four. I think they could beat NC State. I think they can. Yeah, I mean, Liberty's not bad. Um, two and zero against ACC. The chance goes three and out. That would be sick for them. Middle Tennessee forty, Rice thirty four. Good football game. Didn't really get a chance to watch it. Middle Tennessee stinks. It was only in an overtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right, Western Kentucky, Chattanooga, uh, fade Western Kentucky. Still in action. Western uh, Kentucky's so bad. Yeah, only beat Chattanooga thirteen to ten. Yeah, <laughs> losing most of the game. 
UTSA is not bad. They yeah. beat Louisiana Tech 27-26 to in a good game. Uh, come back in the fourth quarter and win. Just something to keep in mind. UTSA with a new head football coach. They're playing solid football. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sunbelt, App State, dunks on Arkansas State. This was a little bit of a by low opportunity for Arkansas or Appalachian State. Oh, uh, was it? What was the spread? Do you remember? I think it was like 14. Oh, okay. And I think most people were on Arkansas State, if I remember the sportsbook thread. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. App State, I guess, is still a good team. They lost to a good Marshall team, but maybe they didn't crash the Ferrari. Maybe it was only a little bit of a scrape. Okay. Uh, BYU, Texas State. Texas State, man, what the fuck is good with them? They're not good. They're one and six. six. Yeah, one and six. They, they remember they, they uh, who they beat? They almost beat BC. And they almost beat SMU. They almost beat SMU. Yeah. Yep. Then they did not almost beat BYU. BYU is really fucking good, man. Well, they also and they they don't really have um, they haven't had many look ahead spots. They play home against Western Kentucky next week. That could actually be a look ahead spot at ten thirty on no. Western Kentucky sucks, man. Know, we just we saying, just went over this. I'm just saying it could be a no, look ahead no, spot. no, 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 no. Well, let me, don't talk yourself into it. I'm not talking myself into it. I'm just don't saying. talk anybody. Don't talk anybody listening into this. Can I just say something? Yes. If you're Houston, what's the biggest game left on your schedule? At Boise State, right? If you're used BYU, to- BYU, sorry. If you're BYU, what's the biggest game left in your yeah. schedule? At Boise State, right? That's the only game that you really look at, although San Diego State maybe too, and we'll get into that later. Yeah, but it, it's The fact is is that they're playing Western Kentucky, and they're playing Northern Alabama, and they're two looking Western at Western Kentucky could get 35 and a half points, and I may take that. Okay, all right. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I think they'll get 35 points. You, you can we'll talk about that next you, week. You can take it. I'm not betting on this. It was a classic thing. look-ahead spot. The last time BYU had a look-ahead spot, they were looking ahead to play at Houston and UTSA covered. Okay. There you, thank right. you. All right. Good, good job. Good job, buddy. Right. Uh, yeah, BYU is really good. BYU is just spread a, the information. Is a really good, uh, really good team. Really good. I uh, can't top wait for that. Team, Boise. Top ten team. I can't wait. They're a legitimate top ten team. Imagine a BYU Cincinnati showdown. That would be a blast. BYU Boise State should be a lot of fun. Uh huh. Um, and we'll get into the Mountain West in a little bit. Uh, all right. Georgia Southern Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina continues yep. to impress five and zero with the back and top twenty five ranked team. Yeah, they're good. They won with a backup quarterback too. Their starter, yeah. freshman, true freshman starter, retro freshman starter, who's an absolute beast. Um, he was hurt and he missed the game, and Coastal still won by two touchdowns and covered the spread against not a bad Georgia Southern team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to really believe in Coastal. Colin, yeah. you had a pay from the beginning of the year. Well-coached, a lot of returning talent. Uh, Georgia State, Troy. Georgia State continues to be a just solid team all around after being a complete laughing stock for years. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to take away from that. Troy's not as good as they were under uh, fucking Neil Brown. I have nothing. Uh, UL Monroe still stinks. Fade UL Monroe. South Alabama wins by 24. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing Sunbelt's getting a better Sun, – the Sunbelt and the ACC are, are two conferences on the rise. Mountain West, first week back. There were a couple of good games here. Boise State impresses against Utah State. I don't no really surprise. have anything. No surprise. Boise State is year in and year at the class of this conference. Hank Bachmeyer had a good game. George Halani ran the ball well. Boise State's good on defense. Like, they are the class of this conference year in and year out. Yeah. Nevada. We, we said that they had a good chance to win outright as a home dog, and 
although they let Wyoming back into it. They gave up a 15-point second half. I think a 22-point second half lead, actually. They were 28-6. to six. Yeah. They ended up winning in overtime. Carson Strong, their quarterback, 420 yards, four touchdowns, big game. Um, the Wolfpack may be a team to keep their, keep an eye on. In, in, um, yeah, I remember whatever your fucking – shout-out to whoever the preview I read that, that put me out of Nevada. Outgained, outgained Wyoming by almost 130 yards also. A lot of a lot of penalties though. Look at look at the comparison: two penalties for six yards for Wyoming, twelve penalties for one hundred and one yards for Nevada. Oh shit! Wow. But uh, yeah, this this Nevada team is pretty good. Could be uh, this is a good win over over Wyoming. I told you this line, this line and the Missouri Kentucky line just both looked a little bit uh strange. Yeah, a little bit close. Hawaii is a road dog, beach Fresno State 34 to 19. This was a completely different Hawaii attack than what we've seen in years past. They used to throw the ball like crazy, and um, they beat Fresno State by running the football. It's a team that ran for 323 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, um, so. Fresno State wasn't allowed to practice very much before this, so maybe that had some factor into it. I don't really know that much about this game, though. It's possible. Um, that is what I heard. I mean, Hawaii won by two touchdowns on the road as a dog, um, and that's always always impressive. Uh, I watched the San Diego State UNLV game. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Was Brady Hoke clapping it up on the sideline? He's not a bad co- coach, dude. Yeah. Brady Hoke is a good coach, and he's going to do a really good job at San Diego State. He's going to get them right back up to, like – They've already been, like, a French top 25 team. I know, but like he's going to get them right back up to competing with Boise State at the top of that conference. They already are, but, yeah. Well, yeah, they are. No, they haven't been. Yes, they have. They beat Stanford and fucking – they were like a top 25 team last year or two years ago. They've been fine. Oh, my God. They, they, they've been fine. They've been good. They've been competing for the conference title. Well, Brady Hook's going to get them right back into that BCS crasher spot. BCS crasher. Group of whatever. Group of four. Whatever they're called. Um. Uh, they may be a New Year's Six team, eventually. Just my thought. They're good. They were really good. Yeah, yeah. They, they they moved the ball on offense. Their defense was unbelievable. Um, they ran the ball effectively. Their starting running back Greg Bell is a transfer from Nebraska, um, and he was actually really good at Nebraska when he played a few years ago. Um, I think last year, two years ago, whatever it was, he was good. He started the first couple games for Nebraska, and then he they won the conference in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Okay, great. Um, not in 2018, 2017, 2018, 2019. Okay, they're still competing. I'm not. I'm not saying that they are. Right, I'm saying uh, he's going to get them right back up. To, like, there was a point in time where they were like fringe top 15, and I think he's going to get them back there. I believe that. Maybe it's taking a little bit too much off of one game, but they ran the ball effectively. Their defense was just insanely good. 14 tackles for loss, five sacks. Like you and they can move the ball. Yeah, the ball. it was 2017. They were top 15. Top 15. Yeah, they beat. They started off the season by beating Stanford and, and Arizona State. They had the last time they finished the year ranked was 2016, and that was 25th. It's the only time they finished the year. Yeah, ranked but I'm saying they were, and then they lost Boise State. Whatever. I don't know. You're the one who keeps coming back to it. You're giving you're giving out false information. I'm not giving out false yeah, information. Right. I'm just saying I think Brady Hope can get him back to being a top 15 okay, team. Okay. They haven't finished the year ranked. All right, all right, all right. Air Force 20. And Air Force Air Force San Jose State. Um, yeah, this Air Force team, we talked about it before, preparing only for Navy, then blowing out Navy, and then they lose to San Jose State. 
Uh, yeah, it might have been some value on San Jose State. I don't know. I think they were on, they were dogs here. So. Yep, they were. They were seven point home dogs. Yeah, that sweet spot. Um, that's it. Any other games? I don't think so. I think that's Sun Belt, SEC. Yeah, yeah. Independence. Army beat Mercer. Oh, Army receives a bull bid. You see that? No. So Army becomes the first team to receive a bull bid. Uh, I think it's the Independence Bowl. Um, yeah, Army accepts a bid to the Independence Bowl. They'll play a Pac-12 team. They're the first team to accept a bowl bid. Kind of dope. Didn't play a Pac-12 team. Didn't have six and one. So. Yeah, they're good. Yep. Um, all right, I guess that's it. Yeah. We will talk to you guys at the end of the week. We'll have all our picks um, in what will be another rather full college football slate. We're going to continue to break things down by conference. Uh, I think it's a little easier, but but that'll that'll do it. Um, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace. See ya.